The following is the Women's Liberation Music Hour, presented by Phoenix on WLRN. Welcome back, sisters, to WLRN and another hour of Women's Liberation Music on this November 28, 2018. I'm Phoenix, and I'll be your DJ for the next hour. In my spiritual tradition, we honor hags in November. That's right, hags. We give thanks to the old women, the crones, the hags who embody wisdom through experience. This next hour of music will be interspersed with quotes from Mary Daly, you know, the revolting hag, in her book Wickedary, published in 1987 in cahoots with Jane Caputi. She says the full title of this work is Webster's First New Intergalactic Wickedary of the English Language. It questions and challenges the old saws, laws, of the lecherous state. It springs from the original being of women, from which patriarchal religion attempts to, quote, save us, but which is inherently untouchable, inviolate, and wild. The Wickedary, then, is a dictionary for witches. Enjoy. Blessed be. Hag. Webster says, a female demon, fury, harpy, an evil or frightening spirit, an ugly or evil-looking old woman. Mary Daly says, a witch, fury, harpy, who haunts the hedges and boundaries of patriarchy, frightening fools and summoning weird, wandering women into the wild. Where hags are will be spells. Where women are will be spells. Gaelic proverb.
Sparking, speaking with tongues of fire, igniting the divine spark in women, lighting the fires of female friendship, encouraging women to become sister pyrotechnists, building the fire that is fueled by fury, the fire that warms and lights the place where we can spin and weave tapestries of crone-centered creation.
Spinster, a woman whose occupation is to spin, to participate in the whirling movement of creation, one who has chosen herself, who defines herself by choice neither in relation to children nor to men, one who is self-identified, a whirling dervish, spiraling in new time, new space. Amen. Mm-hmm. 
Erasure, the planned self-serving obliteration throughout phallocracy of the lives, words, and achievements of women, the attempted annihilation of the reality of all others. Example, the attempted obliteration of Sappho's work and reputation. The erasers, obliterators, did not fully succeed, however. In Oxyrhynchus, Egypt, between 1897 and 1906, an archaeological expedition uncovered papyrus mummy wrappings, which had been used to stuff coffins and embalmed animals. In this ancient garbage dump, on wadded strips of papyrus, were the fragmented poems of Sappho. You may forget, but... Let me tell you this. Someone in some future time will think of us, Sappho. Hear my voice blowing on the breeze. Know your faith, know your history. As I am Patriarchy says, a shrewish or depraved woman. 
Mary Daly says, a shrewish and enraged woman, one who harps on haggard themes. Example, Susan B. Anthony, who said, So while I do not pray for anybody or any party to commit outrages, still I do pray, and that earnestly and constantly for some terrific shock to startle the women of this nation into a self-respect which will compel them to see the abject degradation of their present position. The fact is, women are in chains, and their servitude is all the more debasing because they do not realize it. Oh, to compel them to see and feel and to give them the courage and conscience to speak and act for their own freedom, though they face the scorn and contempt of all the world for doing it.
courage to live, the courage to refuse inclusion in the state of the living dead, to break out from the dead forms of archetypal dead time, to take leap after leap of living faith, fiercely biophilic courage. Well, I know you get discouraged till your faith is about to break. You feel like what we're trying to do is just a big mistake. And I know mistakes can happen, but it's just as well they do. My mama says I was one and most likely so were you. And I wonder what we'll be like when we're 50. Wrinkles on our faces, old enough to be grandmas, smoking dope and tuning up our Chevys. Outrageous. The courage to be an other, the courage of revolting hags who reverse the reigning reversals, becoming ever more offensive, more tasteless. I am my mother's savage daughter, the one who runs barefoot, cursing sharp stones. I am my mother's savage daughter, I will not cut my hair. I will not lower my voice. My mother's child is a savage. She looks for her almonds in the colors of stones, in the faces of cats, 
in the fall of feathers, in the dancing of fire, and the curve of old bones. I am my mother's savage daughter, the one who runs barefoot, cursing sharp stones. I am my mother's savage daughter, I will not cut my hair, I will not lower my voice. My mother's child dances in darkness and sings heathen songs by the light of the moon and watches the stars and renames the planets and dreams she can reach them with a song and a broom. I am my mother's savage daughter, the one who runs barefoot cursing sharp stones. I am my mother's savage daughter, I will not cut my hair. I will not lower my voice. Now my mother's child curses too loud and too often. My mother's child laughs too hard and too long and howls at the moon and sleeps in ditches and clumsily raises her voice in this song. I am my mother's savage daughter, the one who runs barefoot cursing sharp stones. I am my mother's savage daughter. I will not cut my hair. I will not lower my voice. Now we all are brought forth out of darkness and water, brought into this world through blood and through pain. And deep in our bones, the old songs are waking, so sing them with voices of thunder and rain. We are our mother's savage daughters, the ones who run barefoot, cursing sharp stones. We are our mother's savage daughters, we will not cut our hair, we will not lower. We are our mother's savage daughters, the ones who run barefoot, cursing sharp stones. We are our mother's savage daughters, we will not cut our hair. We will not lower our, we are our mother's savage daughters, the ones who run barefoot, cursing sharp stones. We are our mother's savage daughters, we will not cut our hair, we will not lower our voice. You are listening to WLRN. Ethnic, a holy, heretical, heathen hag, one characterized by pure lust, one who is furiously foreign to patriarchy, one who bonds with her own kind. As a woman, I have no country. As a woman, I want no country. As a woman, my country is the whole world. Virginia Woolf. A song we all knew how to sing. A great council was being held at a plateau near a ridge on a mountain far distant from cities and politics and money and guns. The council was urgently called, not urgent like the pressure of steam in a kettle or the tension of weights on a string, but urgent like the resolute turning of seasons and tides or the intuitive knowing that earth and her nature were commanding that something be done. 
The council was summoned by women, and so it was women who had ears for the summoning call, who travelled by walking and running, on reindeer and camel and pony and yak, in carts and coracles, by buses and boats, from houses and huts, cabins and caravans, trailers and tents, through latitudes, longitudes, round all of the compass, over the oceans and under the forests, out along deserts and down along valleys, to come to that plateau, right next to that ridge, on that singular mountain where women had chosen to meet. There were neither nine nor thirteen at that council. The wisdom of women is far too expansive to be carried alone by so few. Not eighty, nor five hundred, nor even a thousand. How could only those hands have the care of so many lands, with their creatures and plants, and their water and air, and their people who lived by the sun and the moon? On the plateau were gathered one thousand times one thousand souls, every woman with more sisters tucked in her belt, and a bag full of daughters, and a bundle of mothers, and each wearing a shawl strung with memories of women she'd randomly met on the way. So all in all, it might be said that, through those many who attended, through the webs of their womanhood, and the weave of their generations, and the love of their lands, the council represented all the women in the world. Even those who had repelled the welcome of their sisters, and were careless of daughters or cruel to mothers, who when they heard of the council just spat at the ground. Some threads of those women were carried quite gently in boxes all lined with soft mosses and feathers to be placed on the plateau just next to the ridge. No sister is left when she's down. So the council began, and the women in turn climbed the ridge then spoke out to the murmuring crowd. First there came women with placards and banners. They talked of resistance and holding the boundaries and protecting their lands from those greedy for power. They stood there as warriors, each one fierce and fearless. They raised up brave chants that spun over the mountain, and all of the council were caught in the moment and danced on their toes as the courage of proud songs ran into their blood. Then there came old ones whose tone was more measured. They talked very quietly, but no less profoundly, remembering ancestral graves that were lonely since no one could reach them through fences and concrete, and the shrines that were buried, and the drums that were broken, and the cultures dismantled by hunger or war. The old ones held hands as they sang to the heavens, and each weathered face softly shimmered with tears, and the pain that they carried was shared out among them, around the whole council, so every woman had far less to bear. Then came a long line of girls in their first blood. They walked with small steps, as if soaking the power of that day through their feet. They stood straight and firm, but not one of them spoke. 
and the silence expanded in ripples across the whole crowd, when even the breath of the breeze seemed too loud, they pushed one of their group to the front. She looked out at the thousands and thousands of women and grinned. We'll not feel defeated, she said. Not at all, for we know that you do this for us. All you mothers and grandmas and crazy big sisters, we trust in your strength and we'll always be grateful for what you have done and what you will do with us right behind you, learning from you how to care for the land. And then in your turn, you can trust in our strength to continue the work and to carry the banners and make the old prayers. We will do it for you, for ourselves, for the girls who will stand here when we are the mothers. We'll carry your hope in our blossoming wombs. And the council were so moved and honoured and humbled by the grace of those daughters who stood on the ridge. But then there came discord, a bit of a tangle, and it took quite some time to unravel the knot. Pain causes divisions, loss creates chasms, grief settles like locusts on people and land, split open the soul of a woman who has suffered and watched while her cherished traditions were scattered, her childhood, and even her children were stolen. Her totems and symbols consumed or left weakened, split open that soul, and what lies there are tumours, grown out of the sadness and anger she harbours inside. Of course there was discord, and knots to untangle across that plateau. The merciless knives, those sharp metal blades of invasion, oppression, destruction, disease, exploitation and servitude, religion and rape, those blades were exposed and they cut through the thousands of women like scythes to the corn. They plunged into their unity and pierced through their trust and hacked at their power, shredding it all into rags. The front lines of battles and borders of nations washed back and forth over the crowd in huge waves of frustration and fury. Even the old ones, usually calm, were now raising their fists to the sky in alarm. Then a voice sounded high over the tumult, and quite soon the council of women was silent once more. The breeze blew around them and caressed their hot cheeks, and their hearts pounded slower. All their eyes turned to the ridge. One single voice sounded over the crowd, but it was braided from many. A great tribe of women stood there, ancient and strangely garbed, primordial ancestors. Each one was holding a cord. They were older than wars and more ancient than even the lands and the seas in the forms that we know them. And they all spoke together, a dark and rich resonance that echoed with ages and carried the wisdom of 40 millennia when women were marking their image on ivory and rock. And they hung through the years like the beads on a necklace, everyone linked and cascading past all generations and rolling migrations and sacred relations to earth. 
Where do you naturally belong? said the voice to the council. Who are your people? How do you honor the soil and the sea and the stone that sustain you? Where is the land that still longs for your soul? Whose are the bones that await your wild prayers? And where will you lay your own bones? The primordial ancestor women raised the cords in their hands and they started to wind them up onto the spindles that hung from their belts. All over the plateau, the threads were now tightening. Women were being pulled close into each other, a vast net of connections that drew them together. And they were sometimes surprised when they met their bone sisters, and often amazed, and always so happy to know they belonged. For the cords formed a map of their mothers, not a single straight line of their ancestor women, but a web that spread wide. And gradually, all of the thousand times one thousand women, with their bagfuls of daughters and bundles of mothers, were gathered in clans that crossed over borders and cultures and histories and lands. No one was left out, including the boxes of mosses and difficult threads. You all naturally belong here, said the voice to the council, and you all are the people. You remember the soil and the sea and the stone that sustain you. You honor this earth that still longs for your souls. And we are the bones that await your wild prayers in these ancient skin bags of your ancestor women. It is into our laps you'll lay down your own bones. We all belong here. We are grown from the home of this planet. Remember that this is a song we all know how to sing. Then the chords and the voice all dissolved like a dream. But the air was not silent, for the plateau was filled with the songs of the women, the old ones and young ones, the warriors and mystics, each clan with its melody that entwined with others, each sister with rhythms she had learned in the womb, from the earth that sustained her and longed for her still. Songs that carried the wild prayers from mountain and desert and valley and tundra and island and forest and meadow and shoreline and lakeside and riverbank and moor which honoured the bones of the most ancient of ancient of ancestor mothers and that was the song they all knew how to sing. Gerard.
สกาจูโรสกาจูนอยโบนานีนอยโบนานีนอยโบนานีนอยโบนานีนอยโบนานีนอยโบนานีนอยโบนานีนอยโบนานีอัสกอนI dedicated a music hour to her back in January, so you already know something of her fiery, sparking spirit. So today, Jean, I sign off with my love for you, and for all the hags in my life, and revolting Amazon lineage of hags. Blessed be. Who came before?
Honor